uh, record a little bit just so we have a little totally. bit to edit Happy St. Patrick's Day. Ooh, oh my god. But I'm not wearing green. You're I'm not wearing green. green. Green is ow. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're the one who pitched me I, first. Now, uh, green is a hideous color. It is. It, just um, like it is. All thank time. you. God bless Still you. It's yellow. Is, I'm sorry. It is I an love... atrocious color. Yellow as a as a fabric color, yeah. like t-shirt. Yeah. No. See, I have warmed up to mustard. Okay. Like a mustard. <laughs> but okay, but I work. But the where I work though, like we have a lot of mustard. Right. It like mustard is very in right now like true color mustard in okay fashion. i'm getting <laughs> mustard and, and like diarrhea yellow like mixed up like yes it's like beigey or not no brownie. like it's a light it's like lighter than than like um like dijon but it's like darker than like you know was it like what was this this is, this is brown that is brown okay that is not yellow <laughs> God, i don't i don't own anything like yellow or you know or brown oh uh, well, you have your brown. bow tie your yellow bow tie. Yes, because that's a pop of color, which is, is nice. Absolutely. That's the only thing that I own that's yellow. Is that's that yellow good. Bow tie. I think yellow should just be pops of color instead of like full fucking t-shirt. I agree. Right? Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Anyways. Well, we're outside because <laughs> it's so nice today. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ain't That Just The Way. I'm Jordan. And I'm Austin. And today we are going to continue... That after car, that yeah. car passes yeah. <laughs> uh, we're outside today um so we're I mean, it's gonna plus seven after like it long, is plus seven the, long winter. the longest winter winter has come and then it left yeah. and so we're thankful so we're doing outside today so yeah. it might get a little noisy we might have to edit some stuff out hopefully it's not too too terrible for you guys um we are going to continue our acting series and today, when this car decides yeah. that it's you know, going it to pass, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're, we're close enough to the fine. microphone. It's background noise. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the process. Yes, we're going to continue our acting series. Yes. Last time we talked about the audition process, uh, how to prep for an audition, what you kind of some essentials um, to bring to the uh, uh, audition room, and some prep beforehand. So now you you done got the role, girl. You've yeah, you've done, been cast. Now you have been what cast. Do you do? Now what? Um, Your work is just about to start. You don't. You don't take a break. No. You've been cast. Now the um, real work begins. So how do you prepare, Austin? Okay. okay. Like physically, mentally, emotionally. Say you. Um, okay. Let's, well, let's go through the let's, top. Let's the top. use. Let's use like a real world example. Okay. So you got cast in. Oh, he's the last one. We'll use Alice. Alice. Yeah. Okay. You got cast as one of the Alices in Alice. And uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, it was a devised adaptation of Alice in Wonderland. We'll just leave it at at that. Um, but uh, what I normally do for honestly any role after I've been cast um, is I take either depending on when I get. It. If I get the email in the morning, I take the day just to like digest the feeling of like I did good. What I did, I deserve this, and yes. I just kind of like sit in that feeling of excitement and just yeah just enjoy the feeling and then the next day is when i start to uh, kind of do my research and, and compile and stuff like that but uh, depending on what the piece is if it's like if it's traditional then obviously read the script if it's shakespearean mm -hmm. read the script and try to like uh i guess like modernize it or just kind of understand the script um the Cole's best you notes. can yeah, yeah. no matter yeah. what what the text is mm -hmm. um for Alice, it was a little different, but I always go to the text right away, yeah. read it, highlight it, circle it, find imagery, all that stuff. Okay. I'm really, like, character-driven, too, so it's, right. like, things that I can grab from the script that pertain to the character that I've been cast as. Yeah. I kind of get, like, a little 
selfish and I go to only all my lines and just highlight all my lines and read right. just my lines. Well, just I don't to know see. if that's selfish. They're your lines. But you know what? You're memorizing. Yeah. So. Well, in some of the lines, you can get little bits of information that you can, you know, it might it might say that the it might inform some decisions. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some goals. And, uh, and then it's just kind of like an ongoing slow process uh, for me. I music is really important to me, so I always make a character playlist. Okay, the that's more interesting. That I, yeah, the more that yeah. I understand the character, the more I'm like, okay, they'd be into this music when they're happy, wow. this music when they're sad. I try to make them as real I as. I didn't know. I didn't know that that's what you did. That's super yeah. cool. I've never even heard of that. As yeah. A, well, as when we a did process, like the but... mousetrap. I did a Christopher right. Wren uh, playlist, <laughs> and it yes. was like. So that character was like this eccentric architect um, of a character. Yeah. And so like, okay, he cares about fashion, but he's an architect or he wants to be. So those are two very different things in a way. Yeah. Uh, how would music affect him? Yeah. And but also so, similar because you're constructing. You're constructing and, and it's images. visual too, yeah, it's right? Visual, yeah. And you're designing, which is, which is cool. Yeah. So I found a lot of his playlist was, was classical music and then it was like some alternative rock and stuff like right. that. Like it was just all over the map. But then yeah. when I did a traditional piece of Duchess of Malfi, that was a piece that took place in like 16, 1700s. Right. That one was very um, instrumental music. Like there was no lyrics, any of my stuff. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it just, I guess, varies on like the vibe that I'm getting from this character and their yeah. relations to other characters. Definitely. So that's like step one. Yeah. What, what, what's your step one? I just heard <laughs> that you... Uh, are we allowed to talk about your newest um, role, or can we go back to a previous <laughs> role then? Uh, I think we can go back to a previous okay. role. I don't know if we could talk top about secret. it's top secret until but a further episode. Until a further episode, but I did just get cast in a ooh, show ooh. coming up in the fall. Uh, very tantalizing. I'm very excited. Um, it involves having an American accent. Ooh, I'm excited. Oh, see that's so, process. Yeah, that's see exciting. that's process. So now I have to. So yeah, so that. That's something that I've never had to do. I've never had to have an American accent. So right. now I'm going to have to talk to some peers and talk to some yes. some uh, old professors and see if I can get yeah. some some voice lessons and uh, learn the American accent. Hopefully with a southern drawl. Oh, yes. That's a little bit more of a teaser. Ooh. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, process. Yeah. Um, yep. So I get cast in a show. Yeah. It's going to sound really cheesy, but I okay. listen to... Uh, the song so much better from the Legally Blonde the musical oh, okay. soundtrack. Okay, yeah, nice. Um, because that's her moment where she finds out that she got the internship with Callahan, and she's super excited, and oh, she yeah, feels so yeah. much better than before. And she says that her name's on the list. And it's very cheesy, but I yeah. felt that one out. Feels really good. Um, and then it's right into uh researching. So same similar with you. Um, I'm not a huge like physical physical actor. Um, So that's something that I constantly have to work on. So I usually start with more of like the emotional kind of like mental, um, you know, um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like the, just like the emotional, physical, mental state of the, of the human. Um, I also like to research the, the time that it was, that it was written in. So, um, or when it takes place or when it takes place to know some like social context and political context. Yeah. Cause all of this informs how you play the character. Um, and also I like to emphasize what happened before, right? What happened before the given circumstances, like how did your character get to this point? Yeah. What, did they go through so and you kind it, of write like a little prequel story yeah i i like to put that in my head and really kind of know where they're at and they're um sometimes they're already established yeah. 
relationships with the characters. Right. So, um, uh, uh, an example would be Well Done Rising. Okay. We'll use that one. Um, so that one I played um, a character called Marcel, okay, yeah, who was a gender fluid uh, drag queen hooker who um, worked the streets yep. uh, of New York in the nineties and um, witnesses a murder. Um, and then witnesses witnesses a murder happen, and then witnesses a uh, a queer gay man kind of go through dealing with the loss of his partner and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and the play starts with me trying to um, you know wave down some some potential clientele, and he is invading my space. But he's been invading my space for a while now because his boyfriend's been dead for a while. So there's already that established relationship, relationship that absolutely. me and him have. Right. Where, you know, we've passed the point of, okay, well, he's going to be here the whole time kind yeah. of thing. But I'm still annoyed by his presence. And I'm annoyed at myself for not doing anything. And I'm annoyed at him for not doing anything. So that was a lot that informed me. So um, I also did some research into, you know, Stonewall and the effects the kind of rippling effects that that had right um on because it is it is a, a story of um hate crime yeah it is a, it is a hate crime yeah um and kind of the hate crimes and and survivors and how people kind of deal with that emotionally um and that was a lot it was a lot to to go through and a, a dark some dark places but uh it definitely informed my character a lot so okay. that was really nice um yeah so like research research i do all kinds of research i don't know about you but i like to um research other plays that the playwright has playwright, written yeah i do that too, um yeah. i like to research uh obviously like the time it was written the circumstances mm. hopefully if it's not too because it depends on from show to show if oh, it's, absolutely if it's a creation piece or if it's um a bit more of a uh ambiguous piece that doesn't really have a set time then yeah. that kind of be hot can be harder but um I like to, yeah, know the political climate, the social climate, the any kind of climate, really. Like, w what social circles would this person have, if any, you know, if they're an yeah. isolated person. Absolutely. And how that informs their interaction with other people and stuff. Yeah, no, I do a lot of that so. similar stuff, too. Um, sometimes I do, like, if the character lives at the end, I do, like, well... If there was a sequel, or like, do you a, do like a nineteen years later? Come on, kind Harry Potter. of, kind of. Okay, JK I, I, Rowling. I do, I do the, I do the prequel stuff too, like what you do. Yeah, but I also like, I'm just like, okay, you do what happens after, like, okay, like look at this way, like, um, there's always like those fairy tale happy endings, but what happens five minutes after the movie ends, right? Like, right, what happens tales, after that? What was the when the curtains down? What would really happen, or like, right. you know? And so, right. I'm like, because sometimes that can inform the the. Yes, those events haven't happened to the character yet, but as, like, the actor, you at least get to know, like, what if throughout the play, a character that I'm playing has a sick parent or sibling or something like that, and right. through the duration of the play, they're still alive. What, maybe maybe a day after they pass away, like, you okay. know, something drastic like that. Like, it's just... How does that, for you, though, how does that, like, inform what's happening, like, in the present, in the moment, It though? would be, I guess... Okay, so, like, if we're going grim right away, but yeah. if we're talking about, like, death... Then it gives me an idea of like, okay, the trajectory. How, well, it would be like, okay, if if this person was to die after the play related to this character, yeah, how would they deal with grief? Okay, right. so this is how they would deal with grief. It just adds oh, an emotion. It okay, adds like an understanding okay. to the emotion. Because so maybe use, during right, sorry, maybe during the play yeah. there isn't a moment where this character would grieve or be upset. Maybe they're constantly happy. So I try to find like an emotion, a scenario that is 
lacking from the play and I kind of make up a scenario just so that I, I know that since the player hasn't given me a situation where the character is extremely happy or mad, at least I can explore that emotion and then right. bring it to the context of the play being like, what if, what if the tables turned and what if there was a scene that actually instead of being completely happy, they were really sad, really and angry, stuff. really sad. Like how could, if I had yeah. to flip on a dime, how would I do that? So it's just, it's sometimes it's like irrelevant information. But depending on the yeah. character, is, yeah. like, I wouldn't do it for Alice because it doesn't right. make really any sense. But, like, for Christopher Wren in Mousetrap, um, it it allows me to do that um, just because there's there's kind of not really closure with uh, right. that character. He just leaves. But yeah. like, where does he go? What happens? Where does he go? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> That's a good question. Christopher Wren is one of those characters I, that's yeah. like omniscient. Almost. Well, because like all I remember is kinda... he goes into the kitchen and says, like, the pie is burning, and then he doesn't come back. Oh, my God. He totally doesn't. He just leaves. Where does he stay? Where does he stay? Or does he, he just, <laughs> like, live throughout the house and nobody sees him? See, it's, we- it's weird. That is weird. But yeah. um, have you ever, excuse me, have you ever had to, like, um change your like diet or like fitness routine for a role or um like i know you were wearing for weldon rising you were wearing those like crazy long or uh, uh, tall heels yes and i know you have experience i have experience in heels but not those those are really big those are really high yeah Yeah. so for weldon rising i wore six and a half inch platform heels i had to wear a corset and then i had to wear a four inch wig yeah which was also heavy so to prepare for that physically i did um i did go to the gym a lot um i really i made sure i went some days i went twice a day yeah. i made sure I, g- I went at least every other day like i said sometimes you had to wicked calf muscles at that point <laughs> yeah I that. yeah because i really had to um i had to be physically fit to do that because yeah. um i had to not only walk in these heels i had to run around in these heels oh, right, i did. had a um 30 second quick change yeah where i had to change my entire outfit heels and wig included, i remember that yeah um to do a sickening lip sync uh which i thought was fabulous um i wish and- i could see that show again like, <laughs> i wish wow. i could do that show again um that was one for the books yeah that if someone was like would you like to reprise your role as marcel i'd be like i would go yes sign me up um thank you yeah I, yeah that's it I, you don't have to sugar. Down. you do not have to sweet talk me i no. will do that role again um, so to also prepare for that, I took the heels home with me right? and I would wear them yeah. around the house, yeah. just doing like manual tasks. I would do the, um, you know, the dishes, I would vacuum, I would yeah. sweep, just anything to train, um, your, train your, my feet because, um, it was a lot. Like I remember I would be in rehearsal for three or four hours wearing them right? and, um, poor Esther, had to literally like ply them off my feet. Like they oh, just right. like yeah, fused, fused to my feet. Yeah. Um, you should talk to her about that. I will. Uh, Cause that was a, that was a show definitely to, to remember. Cause she stage managed that one, right? She, she assisted stage managed. I'm sorry, Esther. I think she either assistant or, or stage managed it. Right. I don't remember. I have such a bad memory for those things. Talk I know, but I know she was. Yeah. 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 Little, little tease for next week. Uh, on my solo series, we'll be interviewing this Esther, for those of you who do yes. not know who she is. Esther Garambe. Yes, she is a stage will... manager and a really good one at that. She is so fantastic. We will 
dive Ooh. into her mind yeah. next week. <laughs> Little side note. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> I okay. love it. Going back. Um, process. So other process. Um, okay, so yeah. So... so I wore like a corset every day. I made sure I wore it for a couple of wear it for a couple of hours. Um, I didn't have the wigs for most of the rehearsal process, right. so they constructed me a little um, like headpiece. <laughs> it looked so oh, dumb. Your... Yeah, underneath the wig. No. Yeah, well, or like it was, to hold the wig on. No, 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 just in place of oh, the wig. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so that I because it informed a lot of my movement. Right. It informed how I moved my head. Changes your center of gravity. It does. Right? So, so I had to. Um, so they constructed me a little like flimsy plastic um, headpiece that yeah. was kind of the same size. Right. And uh, so I had to wear that in rehearsal, <laughs> and I had to wear a little training corset, and um, yeah, luckily it wasn't like. Um, it wasn't like a corset that you cinched yourself into. Right. It was a zipper. Bless. Oh, I've um, done but the stitched still, corset. But it still, it still was like obviously tight and gave me a waist and everything. And um, well, I believe every yeah. okay, every uh, male identifying actor should at least wear a corset once, even if it's not for like the, a role. You should just know what it's like for like. It's great for posture. That too, and just yeah. to understand because like a lot of female roles, like they always have to wear them. Like mm-hmm. I didn't wear just going off of like. Uh, the corset and the wig talk with you too it's like for alice we were trying on different costumes that like informed the character and stuff like that and there was one that the director really liked and it involved um a corset i don't know what you would call this dress but it had like a mid mid drift it was just like those two pieces yeah it was like the top half and then it was like this dress and uh i tried it on and the the costume assistant was cinching me into it it wasn't a zipper and uh I don't. I didn't know how to breathe in a corset. Oh no! So I'm like, I was breathing a lot in my stomach and on my chest and everywhere, and uh, and then she kept going, and I'm like, hey, you gotta stop because it's getting really tight and I can't breathe. And she's like, oh, I can't go tighter, can I? And she put her knee on my back ah! and cinched it. <laughs> and there I was seeing spots, and I'm like, I'm done. And so I just You're like, like, I'm gonna pass out now. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of like held my breath. I'm like, just do it. I can hold my breath. And then the director was like, okay. We got to loosen it up because he's uh, he's going blue. So that's my experience with the corset. <laughs> you were going blue? Was, apparently. But, oh, uh, my goodness. But I'd wear a corset again if it wasn't as brutal as that one. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't had really any crazy costumes. I've, I wore, I wear like, wore the cummerbund for that last one, which was really comfortable because mm-hmm. it just kind of holds. Holds everything in. Well, even though it's, like, for those who don't know what a cummerbund is, it's, like, it's like a big, wide belt kind of thing that kind of goes around your waist, and it holds it sits just like below your ribs so in a way it kind of like it kept good posture for me during alice like i i couldn't even bend over or like slouch which was really nice so it's just nice how like sometimes costumes can inform um different things with your character yeah it's definitely like super important during the rehearsal process to have as many costumes especially if they're gonna be um yeah, especially if you need to adapt. Totally. Your uh, well, like you're saying with the shoes and stuff like that, yeah. the heels for well, Walden. And something, something more recently, even with Ben and Bedlam. Yeah. Uh, with the second Shepherd's play, we had like a lot of clothing on. Right. And a lot of did. thick clothing yep. on, um, because we're supposed to be shepherds outdoors. Like oh, this, yeah. this play is traditionally yeah. done outside, outside during like the spring yep. when it's kind of like a little crisp a little outside yep. and you do it like throughout the day and it's like an all day thing. And so they wanted to emulate that, except for we were in 420 in the David Spinks. Yeah. Which is a black box theater, a black which plus, can get really warm. Yeah. And those lights were Absolutely unforgiving. Um, and it was a lot of, it was a lot of layers. We had like, um, like our one piece and then we had like pants and shirt and 
undershirt yeah. and then the top part and then we had our hats and then our scarves and yeah. also like moving with that like moving around and because we had to do a lot of like rolling around yep. and and sleeping and right i remember that i remember yeah. that did you have like a hat piece or like i a, did have a hat a, piece no, it was like a hood a cowl type no thing. it wasn't a hood that was that was uh richard richard had the hood i had like a little i had like a little, like little like bun thing. yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. i guess like Okay, so you had that for, like, a costume, I I don't say, like, adaptation or, like, thing that you had to, like, adapt to. Yeah. I have. Oh, okay. Uh, Duchess and Melfi, they bought, all the costumes were, like, brand new, and, like, they bought fabric, and they made these pieces because it was such, the director had such an interesting idea for these pieces. But anyways, there was a part where I had to wear, like, this leather tunic that was fresh leather, so it was, like, it was, there was no flexibility to it. And so, I guess, like, going on, like, how would characters interact with their costumes um there was yeah. a scene where like i had to like lay down on this bed with this leather tunic thing and it was basically a leather dorito is how i'm going to describe it <laughs> because it was like an upside down triangle on oh my, my torso gosh. and uh you know i couldn't really move properly and it was an intimate scene and we had to, I had right. to take it off and it wouldn't it wouldn't cooperate and i'm like okay well they obviously would wear these back then. So how would they, how would they use it? How would they, how they and then I had a cummerbund on top of that, holding it in. So like no mobility, really tight, like diaphragm of, uh, this cummerbund holding everything in. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was probably like my most, I don't guess like restrictive or restricting costume, I suppose, but I still loved it. I wish I had it. That leather Dorito. Hi, welcome to today's episode of Ain't That Just The Way. Remember, you can always find updates on Instagram at A Just The Way or on Facebook at Ain't That Just The Way. And you can find our podcast episodes on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you can find us. We also have an email, ajusttheway at gmail.com, where you can email us feelings, desires, needs, wants, dreams, passions, diary entries. Sure, even those as well. <laughs> well, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Ain't, Ain't That, that Just The Way? Way? Ain't it just? All right. Welcome back from that short little so intermission. Uh, uh, we yeah. have moved back inside the house. Because we are like... You know, we didn't have, like, ADHD. We were, like, distracted by everything <laughs> I am outside. very easily distracted, and there were cars like, swerving uh, and children swerving frolicking. And children and fr- what? And Nobody was... <laughs> that, that, last, like that last car was, like, swerving, and oh, I was, really? oh, oh, like, God. all over the road, and I was like, I just, I can't be yeah, here for that. Yeah, that's fair. Also, it's a little chilly. So that's we have person. moved inside. Anyways. Yes. Let us continue with our talk of the process. process. Um, now we're going to talk about how do you memorize lines. This is always for me. Sorry, I'm just going to no, like, jump ahead, right jump in. On it. This is such a strange thing for me to like think about. Yeah. Like you literally, you have a script in front of you. You like read the lines over and then like, not all of a sudden, but like it's but very you, like. But all of a sudden then, you have to memorize. All of a like, sudden you have them in your brain. And I don't know how to explain it to non-performers like people who don't perform i like don't know how to um explain to them how it happens it just happens and i know a lot of people people, sorry no keep going i know a lot of people have like a lot of different ways to get there 
Um, and so that's always interesting. I know a lot of people actually use um, like software, like computer software, oh, really? to help with their lines. Uh, well, like Audacity. Oh, to record their to lines? To record their lines. Yeah, yeah, so what they do is they record everyone else's lines and then they leave enough room oh. for their lines so that they can reply yep. to yep. to the other people's that's lines. Um, and that is smart because, you know, you should really like know what the other people are saying and like really listen to what they're saying so that's a way of like really I mean, nowadays listening. rehearsals are like 24 7 almost so you're like you have no time to like you Not, should have downtime from yeah. like rehearsals but yes. since you're always with that person like yeah that's i guess another way yeah of how lines are like for me anyways like we do rehearsals monday to friday even though they're mm-hmm. like four or five hours long like you just they just get into your to your body mm-hmm. um into your mind a little bit easier but. do you find that there are because i know for some people uh once they get the blocking down the lines they can like associate the blocking with the lines yeah and so like they they can't memorize the lines unless they have blocking to go with it kind of thing and so um it's just like really interesting to, totally. to see other people's like process like we just did like orpheus um with dude Utre, and one yeah. of the actors had mentioned that to get the lines he had to get like the, the movement, movement in his yeah. body so then that he could the the movement could inform yeah. the lines yeah, i totally. guess um for me i just i don't even know like i just read them a lot um and i make sure i have like people to read them with me yeah which is really nice yeah. um it's kind of sometimes awkward for like my roommates or you don't people. know the context of the play or don't know the context of anything and i'm just walking around saying all of yeah. these this dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> Saying what all of these lies. Murdering someone. Yeah, what, what is he? he what, what is he talking about? Like the surveyor of Rome. Like I yeah. remember when I did Serpentia. Like right. That was um, interesting. That would be to hear yeah. bits and pieces of that when you don't know what it's about. Yeah, especially like the grill seat where I'm cooking oh, yes. the girl. Oh yes, kill the children. And I kill the children. I kill all three oh, of God. those. For people who don't know what that is, that's going to be a little juicy bit for them to listen. To. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always love when people are like at the end of the show. You go and mingle with your family, your friends, and they're always like, how did you memorize all, all those lines? Yeah. And I'm like, for me, it's not even like you were just saying. It's not even like you don't even think about it. No. Your first thing is like you get the script, you start going over the lines, you read the play. Everybody stresses over like you're like, oh, I have all these lines to memorize. But you know at the end of the day that you'll get them memorized because it's like mm-hmm. inevitable that you have to. Or you to. won't. I've been in Really? City. What? <laughs> Jordan. I have been in – no, no, not for me personally. But oh, okay. I have been – I have witnessed – you know shows where people are still memorizing memorizing literally like the week before tech oh my god that stresses me i'm not gonna name any names i'm not gonna name any shows but it was a couple of years ago it was a show that i was okay i will (laughs) i'll give you a little hint never any story uh it was a show that i was a part of that i was later um removed asked to not be a part of a week before okay. uh, tech. You know oh, what I'm Jesus talking about. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> um, people, lead people in that Damn. show did not have their lines memorized. That's gross. I had all of my lines memorized, yeah. but I was the one to ask to leave. Ask to leave. Yeah, anyways, that's that's a little tea that's, for later. That's, uh, that's some don't hot get tea. him started. That's some hot tea, yeah. We don't we don't want to fall down that rabbit no. hole. No, <laughs> but that's super shitty. But it just like, like yeah. Because it's, like, I... The thing that I I work on with lines and like the process and stuff like that is um, trying to. This is very hard, but like trying to have all your lines memorized before like first rehearsal. Because if you don't oh have, God. well, here's the thing: it's just about like not having a script in your hand. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Like the sooner that you can have your lines memorized, can't. 
the easier it is over there. for yeah. uh, you to play. Yeah. yeah, sorry, we have a cat, and it she awesome is turns just... turns into a tomato. Yeah, um, and she's just being really friendly. And she's very cute, but it's... Uh, hang out with us while we podcast. Um, uh, but yeah, so... Um, distracted. Very what distracted. What was I talking about? You were talking about... Um, uh, memorizing, oh, yes. not having lines. a script in your hand. Not having a script in yes. your hand. Um, yes, yes. It's like a goal that is going to be a fantasy for me because I want to just I want to have the lines memorized, but Before the turnaround the first... is so quick. Like right. you get cast at the university. I mean, this is how it goes. Where you get cast, you get your script, rehearsals in like three days. So you can't have three days to memorize. Yeah, when you don't really know the context mm-hmm. of everything else. But well, and then you also have with the university, you also have like a like five six weeks yeah you have like about a month and a half yeah a month and a half but like i i like the idea too of just like not having anything in my hands because mm. i'm a very like i express a lot through my body with characters and stuff and when i do my whole finding mannerisms and gestures for character work it always i like that to come not last minute and so if it, if it right. can come earlier on in the process of like little twitches or i know for christopher Wren, that was actually one of the plays that i was off book fairly early and i found these little like ticks with his hands and stuff like that and yeah it's really important to be off book as soon as humanly possible yeah because it because then it allows you to play more that's exactly what it It allows you to play it allows you to not be in your head um and allows the smoother process yeah not like oh where am i oh we gotta write this down exactly exactly or calling line all the time and yeah yeah yeah. And it's it's really it really is not only essential for you and your castmates, but also your your technical team, totally. your stage manager, your light bulb yep. sound, you know, everyone because Absolutely. your lines inform like sound cues, light cues, um, quick changes, yeah. entrances, exit, like everything. Yes, yeah, like, more company <laughs> over your lines and like you're yeah. not messing it up and stuff like that. Like you're saying, it's I have easier for them dreams. Well, they're more like fever dreams slash yeah. nightmares of going on stage yeah. and not knowing the lines like i have had a i've had a dream i had a dream once where i was like backstage for a show yeah and i was going on next and i remember like lifting up the curtain a little bit and i was like i don't know what show this is oh my god i don't know what show and it was it was Sorry, people wait, that this I knew. Just a dream or did this happen no 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 this was just a dream and it was like who was it i think it was you, and I think Madeline was there. I think Brent was there. It was people that I knew. Right. But I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what? what? And, then, and then someone came backstage and was like, oh, you missed your cue. Oh and I was like, okay. Stressful. So I went out there, and I was just improving and trying to, like, find something, and I wasn't finding anything. Yeah. And that's just, like, my worst fear. My worst fear is going on stage and, and blanking. Forgetting everything. And yes. forgetting all of my lines. Um I, I even get that with shows like I get that with you're about to go on or this play's about to start and, like, and you get I that know? adrenaline, you get that yeah. butterfly feeling and then you're about to go on and you're like, I don't know my lines and then people are like, just trust your body, trust all the work that you've done and yeah. that's all you have to yeah. do. You can't, like, I've tried looking over because a stage manager will always have like the script backstage that they know when to call the cues and mm-hmm. stuff but like, there would be times where I would be like, oh, I'm just going to check on the, what scene we're at and my lines and stuff. And it wouldn't do anything for me because you're like... Do you, you keep a script backstage? No, no, I don't. I'm saying okay, like the stage okay. managers that have like a oh, little okay. flashlight and they oh go over. No, no, no. That freaks me out, Key. So I've been in shows where people have... Kept they have their, scripts? They have their scripts oh my God. backstage oh my and they're God. like checking what happens next. And I'm like, girl, if you don't know 
what is happening next. I don't know what to tell you. We have been yeah. in this world like, for like for a month X and amount half, of time, whatever it is. Yeah. Or I mean, sometimes it's only three weeks. Like, well, I, yeah, you know, real world, it's two weeks for rehearsals, right? You got to get into it right away. Like Orpheus, we had two and a half weeks. Yeah, to put exactly. that show on, um, and it was intense, but worth it and amazing. And they did a beautiful job. But that's another. That's a whole other thing. True. Um, but yeah, memorizing. It's just such a. It's such a, a cerebral thing um that you just can't explain to people who yeah. can't who just who, don't do it it's exactly just, and, just but that's like the thing. nice wow factor where you're like it's something so simple for that is uh yeah because you know nowadays when everybody's like oh what are you gonna do with your uh bfa or whatever like that and you know like, do you realize how much stuff well I you can could say remember? you know what i say to people i'm like okay uh when, when, when they say like oh you're gonna do you're gonna act with that and yeah. they assume acting is easy turn the tables on them and be like okay i'll give you a script I'll give you a yeah. date of when you're performing. Yeah. I want you to do what I do. Right. You know, well, it's like anything. Yeah. It's not saying just for the arts that it's, no. you know. And and it's different. It's also different with live theater because with Absolutely. acting and TV, you know, they're You feeding, can do takes You too. can do takes. They can feed you your lines and they can be like, okay, this is your next three lines. And then you do the thing yeah. and then you're done. And then you yeah. move on to the next thing. But with live theater, there is no one feeding your nope. lines. There is no second take. There is, and that's what I love about live theater is you have to You have to do your in the shit moment. You have to moment. know yeah. because, yeah. okay, let's tell a little story of um, lines. And uh, during Duchess of Melfi, there's a scene where I go on and I'm talking to myself and another character comes on and... Uh, we are we're talking with each is other. Is it Bossola? Yes. Okay. For those who know the play, that's this um, kind of like this spy yeah, character. Yeah, Bossola was played by Shay Hetherington. Yes. Uh, give her a like and a look and a share. And She's a doing everything. a lot of amazing things Check in Calgary her out right in now. Calgary because she is killing it. We she love is. you, Shay. Anyways, um, no. So it was just. Um, I came, we came on stage, and this scene had a lot of uh, cues because it was at night, and there was like nature noises and everything right. else. So there was a few cues that changed based off certain lines. Now, this is how I don't know if I was just really in the moment or not in the moment because we came on. Um, there's we do a little bit of like light threatening each other with like swords and stuff right. like that, and I was about to say this line that would continue the scene, but what I said was the line, the last line of the scene which the scene lasted six pages i said the very last line no and she, and so and she looked at me and she will remember this if she's listening but we had to improvise for about i would say 45 seconds to a minute and just text that we were just we were in the moment we were just talking right and all i remember was i could feel the lights constantly changing because the, they didn't know where we were at the tech people that were doing oh, the lights geez. and the sound cues yeah so um, they didn't know where we were at, so they were playing with lights to be like, oh, maybe they're at this part, so they would change it to that moment in the scene, until then I remembered the lines, and I brought it all the way back to the oh, beginning of the scene, amazing. and we went through, and uh, then we, we corrected our course, but I remember the director saying, what the hell just happened on stage? It was like, he's like, it was like a 1700s disco party, because lights kept changing so <laughs> aggressively, and I'm like, I forgot my lines, so I just had to keep it going. And yeah. I remember giving Shay like this big hug that just like never ended at the end because we were both, we were s terrified, but at the same right. time, when you have to improvise in a scene, which is the beauty of live theater, you have to be mm. open to all these things, Yeah, is that we believe, we trusted within each other, which is mm. a cool thing with memorizing your lines is if you can trust your scene partner knows their lines and knows the context of what they're saying and not just having it memorized, mm -hmm. then your scene will be a lot stronger because you just 
you trust each other because and that's you know like the, the general idea of where the scene is going so yeah. you can well it's like what you were saying earlier about like you do your research of like the, the status and what's going on and the relationships and that affects your lines too it, not just character but affects how you know your text and stuff and mm-hmm. I, I that's a story that I always tell just because it's all about being present and knowing your stuff and right. when it came out of it you know like it never happened again but I'm kind of glad it did happen because it was a fear that I would go on stage, forget my lines, and I would just freeze up. Right. But your body, you go into fight or flight, and I went to fight. And it right. was... and you just kept going. I'm like, hey, I know this character pretty well. This is what we're going to go with. So it's yeah. it's nice when you get those little terrifying moments because you really believe your process. <laughs> yeah. And you believe, yeah. I've done all this work. I just, I, something will come out. My something body will, will, will react in a way yeah. that's healthy. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, That yes. hasn't happened to me yet. Um, I'm just trying to think if that is ever actually, if that's like a moment that's ever, ever happened to me on stage. And I don't think it, it has, but I, I remember you, you were talking earlier about, um, like having things memorized before the first rehearsal. And I remember the first show that I ever got into, which is the never ending story. And the director at the time had asked us to be, um, prepared for the first rehearsal. And I played the part of Bastion. So I was the right. boy who read the book. Yep. I was the lead. Yep. I had, I'm going to say probably 12 monologues. Oh my God. And that's not including like the scenes that I had with characters. Right, right. So like I had a scene in the beginning with the bullies and my dad. Yep. And then, <clears throat> and then it was right up to the, and then like with the, the, um, the book, the library, the librarian. And then I said the library because she was, <laughs> yeah, she yeah. turned into the turtle that was the library. The yeah, library. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it was just like up to the attic and then I didn't have any interactions with anyone until like the very end, but right. it was 12, I remember it was 12 monologues and I remember the director just sent like a casual email that was like, Hey, so, you know, if you could just have, if all of you could have everything memorized. Oh my God. For, and cause we, the show was in the third slot. So for right. people who don't know, we have four slots at the university for the main stages. It's, um, yeah, the first two in the, in the fall, fall and then yeah. the second two the last two in the spring um but usually they host auditions for the like the spring shows in the fall right um so we were cast before christmas so we had our christmas break break to memorize lines to memorize lines yeah he was like please have everything memorized for that time yeah and i'm thinking oh my god good luck with that i I have two weeks to memorize 12 monologues. I can barely memorize one monologue yeah. in two weeks. Like I really need like a time month and, at and, least in time. And, and, and that collective togetherness, right? Of like it's mm-hmm. the ensemble. So <laughs> I think he realized how unrealistic that was. Cause I remember we got a, we got a, um, a follow-up email mm-hmm. um, a week before. So like we had a week of break and then a week in, he was like, Hey, so yeah, don't don't worry about it like have as much as you can memorize but and i was like oh okay like yeah, yeah, yeah you think like that's real nice like yeah. thank you for recognizing that that was a little bit of a reach a little much a little much because it wasn't just me well like, were you, you a had, first year i was a first year. it was oh my, my second it was my second semester of my first Jesus, year Jesus. and to have the lead it was like it was like being a child actor yeah <laughs> like really it, it was, was really like, abuse it was i've i was like i'm so young yeah. and i am so naive and i'm so fresh new and weird this, and yeah. new to everything and i barely even stepped foot on you know the main stage and here i was on a six foot platform by myself with a giant book yeah and all of these monologues and it was um 
it was a lot that one was a lot and see i didn't at that time i didn't have a process Process, right well process because, is ongoing yeah because process is something that you learn and yeah. i ha- hadn't learned anything right. because i hadn't had any studio classes right. i'd had like the basic theory classes um so that's a show that i would love to do again with a do process again that you... because now i have a process now i have an approach like now i would you know, I would have an American accent because, yes, everyone had an American accent. I was the only one that had a British accent. But the director loved my accent so much he wanted me to keep it. Keep it, yeah. But I got a lot of critiques from uh, a lot of professors and a lot of other people that were like, why did you not have... The accent as well. The accent as well. Yeah. Um, sorry, not my fault kind yeah. of thing. Um, but I would I would have done research on, you know, on the story. I would have done research on... Because there was a book. Oh, yeah. There, there was is, a movie. Yeah, yeah, and movie. I, I didn't even... I don't think I even read Sometimes, the book. Sometimes going over like the movies and stuff like that where other productions can hinder yeah, i used see, to be like a victim to that for yeah. certain shows that had well had we stuff did to go we did talk to. about that in the other episode where it's like don't watch the movie didn't we say that i don't think i was on the i, oh, I was oh, there. there oh yeah see but i i see, when i talked that. to brent i we had come to the collective agreement that you should not watch the movie of the show that you're gonna do yeah until like afterwards or yeah. any any other like productions um because you don't want to be you want to be your own totally version of that character. well i used to have this thing where it was like okay so i'm gonna play i'm playing this character that's been done in a movie or a sta- live stage production of it that's been recorded and so yeah. i would watch it and but I, I would go into it knowing uh be like this is the feel that i'm getting for the character but right i, I normally look at tradition or um uh, classical pieces like shakespeare or like i watched uh when we did comedy of errors yeah i watched the royal shakespeare company's version of okay. that show and then when i did dutch samelfi i also watched the recording of that because okay because the text is something that i want to make sure that i'm saying right so right. that's why i watch classical pieces or i used to anyways yeah. uh to make sure that i'm saying it right i suppose um but i would do this thing where like i consider it like this little cauldron of character where like i would pull and pick different pieces and put it into this melting cauldron pot. and then just stir it up and then like okay. my, my character because it's still mine because i pulled from all these different places right. Right, right 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 but i stopped doing that and i would still watch things like any actor still does you know you pull inspiration from everything and anything mm. um i find that through a lot of my characters i do a lot of like gestural stuff with my hands and stuff like that and that always comes down from like things that i've watched the things that i've seen and i i do it that way now where it's not a direct comparison to the character it's just right. more like oh my character is eccentric this character is eccentric and i'm gonna steal this put it in here and add that to what i am creating instead of watching a direct comparison of like yeah. the exact show so yeah i totally get that but like so i guess when do you feel like you're the character like when for um oh what was like what's one of the most like we were talking about like marcel and weldon rising mm. and never ending story but what character have you really felt um is not you but is you in a sense of like when did you feel like you were that character and you weren't just comfortable because it kind of resembled you if that makes sense um a character that really like okay so like sorry like lane in importance of being honest you're not a butler you're not you're you're very much not lane but when did you feel like you were lane when did i feel like lane um i remember it was in the rehearsal process and um yeah because because lane is like very much not because like marcel obviously 
is was very flamboyant and very sassy yes and that's very much me never ending story you know very innocent naive that was very much me but lane it was very straight laced very to the point no messing around very serious which was not me and so um i remember we i I think for me it's like costume pieces really help i totally agree um shoes shoes Shoes. and like everyone knows like shoe you you get your shoes first you build your i like you build your character from like the feet up yeah um and i just remember yeah because lane was very kind of like oh whatever like i don't i'm over it because his you know algernon is so over the top over the top and so crazy and i'm just permanently done with it Yeah. yeah and so that was really nice that was a side of me that um yeah that was nice but actually um, a role that uh, really didn't feel like me and something that really pushed me was when we did The Circle. When oh, we did The Circle yes. in acting yes. two with Gail. Yep. And I played the part of Mutt. Mm-hmm. And I did the final monologue yep. in the show as Mutt. And that that was scary yeah. for me. I remember that. <laughs> I remember you. Yeah. Because that was the first time that I really felt like not me yeah. and i had to like i remember after the monologue i had to like shake it out and yeah it's I heavy felt, it was heavy it was really really heavy and it was really gross but i loved playing that role but that that process was difficult for me because i like to make things sound pretty and yes. i like things and, to and this character is poetic. not pretty this, this character is not pretty this character is not poetic nope. this character is not it's brash it's, it's like brash aggressive. it's aggressive it's yeah. angry it's pent up it's a lot of um there's a lot of compassion there but it's been you know muddled and suppressed and it's been buried and so there's a lot of frustration and stuff and so um i went through a lot of that frustration yeah uh, trying to find it and um so that that character for me was someone that really has really stuck with me i really didn't i had no relation to i had nothing you know i really had to just be someone else i would totally agree because i was in your group for that Mm. piece for those of you who don't know what uh the play the circle is or uh it's written by jeffrey seven brown who's actually a calgary born playwright and this play was just uh published actually last september Mm. i would highly 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 recommend reading it yes because if it's affecting you will relate to it yes in some the pop culture you references have been that person everything. in that garage smoking yeah. that weed girl like yeah, there's like there's six or seven characters in the play yeah you will relate to one if not all of them or in just some way in some way yeah and uh a little plug for jeffrey Simon brown he's actually adapting a christmas carol at atp this year so wow. he's taking the piece and he's turning it into his own and, and they're we keeping, will we will check that out absolutely we 100%. will i'm and, so ready uh, do it just i would say do it now but uh i i totally agree with the circle i played illy which was like he was this um, weed smoking, cigarette smoking, snowboarding kind of like lived in this garage of <laughs> right. his girlfriend's house, right. in between jobs, yes. best friends with your character. Yes, um, who, just like I don't say mixed up with the wrong crowd, but a crowd that, as Austin, I don't, I didn't really associate with. Right, and so you know, I remember. Excuse my, uh, pardon my French here, but uh, I couldn't swear properly for this show. Do you remember when I had to say motherfucker? And I would always, right. I would say it like this, motherfucker. I would articulate ah, yes. each Yes, I remember that because we were all like, what the fuck? Austin, yeah, say it right. Yeah, just say it right. 
And uh, motherfucker. Yeah, it was so so sassy. And I remember our, our director, uh, our teacher, uh, Gail Hanrahan. She would come in and just see where we're at. And I remember her saying, "Austin, just swear." And I'm like, I can't. I don't say motherfucker. Like today, it's it's easier. But I mean, like back uh, then, I was yeah, like, I'm so new. Yeah, that was yeah, that was like a couple years ago. Yeah. And I, I remember, know. yeah, because and then I remember she came in and I did my final monologue yeah. for her, and she went, "Nope, it's too pretty. It's too pretty. Yeah. You made it too pretty." And I remember that broke I broke. I, did, I remember broke. that. I remember that. I left that class. I left that class for like yeah. half an hour, and I went and I cried. Yeah, and I got really angry. And um, it actually helped because I I channeled that frustration it needed to happen. into Mutt, and because he's frustrated in that in that final monologue, he's frustrated because he didn't get to be that child, be those kids that he saw play, and yeah. he didn't get to like feel his things and do his life, yeah. and he just he really he it was a, a series of unfortunate childhood. events, Absolutely literally was. that you know, led him yeah. to be impaled by the sword and... Oh, spoiler! Spoiler! But still read it! But still read it. Please read it. You don't know how he got impaled, but yeah. you'll find out when you read it. You'll feel a lot of feelings. I just yeah. really read it. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah I would sometimes totally that Sometimes that has to happen. Sometimes you have to you have to be broken during the process to, like, find... You do. You have to feel lost yeah. before you can be find found. or be found uh, uh, the character. Oh, uh, that's nice. That's true. But yeah, though. I would love to do... I would actually love to just do a production of The Circle. I would too. Yeah. Let's talk to Jeffrey Sembra. Okay. Because I would love like, to do that. Hi, can we can actually we do... do one? I would love to. I want to do Mutt. Like off the record? Yeah, Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's talk about <laughs> yeah. doing it. Off the off the record as he covers as, the uh, mic casually. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that's for a later talk outside yeah. of uh, the podcast. But anyway. Yeah, so like feeling feeling like I've been part of the character. For... for um, for Mutt, it was uh, I wore this like really big. Do you remember that big jacket that for I? Mutt? Yeah, for yeah, Mutt that I. I do. Yeah. Vaguely. I just don't it know what that it looked big, like. It was that big like leather one, and it had like sheepskin in it, and it was oh, really. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Dan used that as a rehearsal. Yeah. Item for Alice. Yeah, yeah and it, it uh, really helped me kind of butch myself up because yeah. this guy was like this straight guy, and I'm very not. So, right. Yeah, he was um, very the opposite of you, which was very like angry. Yeah. Very angry, very pent up, very frustrated. Um, and then I felt like I was ready. I was like, let's go. Let's do it. Let's, let's yeah, present absolutely. and stuff. And, That's, yeah. That is a very good example for like, even just the both of us for that. That piece is, it's a challenging piece for any actor. And I, and I don't know about you, but I would recommend it to not just read it, but like stage a little piece of it. You know, Stage like, a little scene of it. I'm yeah. doing that for my directing project right now, just a little scene from it for one of our classes. And a lot of the the cast members are like really, it's such an ensemble piece and it doesn't, some of the characters aren't like, like what we're saying, the people that I've cast don't reflect the characters at all, mm. but they're finding this way of where they do reflect it and where they do find similarities. And it's really nice to see people who don't, who you wouldn't think would play Mutt or Illy or these really right. these misfit characters, and then you see it, and you're like, everybody's gonna have a different interpretation of it, but it's the the heart of those characters are still there in a different way, which is it's just a challenging piece for any actor, but it's a rewarding piece. Yeah. So that was super rewarding. I felt really great about that one. Yeah. That was a fun one. And just for shits and giggles, remember that time when I did a southern accent and that was your pen pal in prison? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you were my pen pal and then you were also... Your, your, like, yeah, I was like your murderer? lover, pen pal, murderer. Yeah, yeah I remember That's, that. Mm, 
That was a good that time. That sounds like a really shitty movie. We kissed on stage. We did. It was uh, during the process <laughs> of that was awful The for process me. of that was something else I, I'd for never you. kissed a dude before, so I was oh like, my goodness. oh, I'm terrified. But Jordan At was le- like the best scene partner because he's so calm and relaxed and comfortable to be around. So. Yeah. Thank you. you well, I wanted it to be, yeah, I wanted it to be easy for you, and I wanted it, you to go at your own pace. Yeah. We kissed once before the show. We already kissed once. Yeah, and I was before like, before the actual presentation. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah. no, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, do what you got to do. I'm not going to push anything. Did we kiss think, in other rehearsals no, for it? No, no we, we didn't. Kissed, we kissed one time, I think, in front of doug yeah he was like well are you guys gonna like kiss or what i <laughs> like, know he I was know. like he was like so like is this is this gonna is happen, happen? Yeah. and then so i think we kissed once for him and then we kissed once by ourselves and then we did the show we kissed three we times three times i remember it yeah. was it was like yeah. i think i like held your face or something like that or it was like a cheek thing it was, yeah. it was a moment it was an intimate moment. and then i pulled up this really flimsy but i remember knife. i'll never forget i'll never forget okay so then we yeah. have to tell this story <laughs> do it so it was the it was the show time it was the presentation time yeah. and we were kissing but you couldn't get the knife out of your pocket so we were like locked lips for like 30 seconds that's why it feels like we've kissed longer because we were (laughs) lip locked for a long time yeah because we kissed like for it was a sustained kiss it was and i was like and i could like see (laughs) out of my eye i like looked i was like oh he's struggling to get out of his back pocket okay well we're just gonna keep kissing this is great and then yeah and then you cut my throat and yeah, with this Bastard. really shitty knife. Really shitty, really flimsy. It was like tin foil. It was it was um like styrofoam. Uh-huh. It was like rubber styrofoam or whatever it is. Yeah. And it was so bent, so it looked so fake. But it was I, great. I, I, yeah, I loved it was it. great. I had and then, the southern accent too. Like then, it was a t- yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that southern accent. Wow. Do you remember what play that was? That was uh Raised in Captivity. Ooh, uh I forget yes. who it was by, but I know that it was called Raised in Captivity. Not Sam Shepard, right? No. Was it? Okay. Well, so. Why don't you Google it? I'll do it. You have your phone. <laughs> we, have, we have the technology. We have the power. Um, but yeah, it was raised in captivity. I do remember that. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it's by Nikki Silver. Yeah. Okay. Nikki yeah. Silver. Yeah. That's a good play, too. Read that one. Absolutely. That one's a fever dream and a half, though. Um, and also, another play by Nikki Silver is actually Pterodactyls. Read that one too, because it's a it's a really one. powerful piece for um, a lot of uh, emerging female artists as yeah. well. Yeah, good to know. I yeah. actually had never heard of pterodactyls. Yeah, it's it's been a, an audition I mean, piece the, that a lot of people the have play, done. Not the, not the <laughs> what creature. are these pterodactyls you talk about? Whenever I <laughs> whenever I think of pterodactyls, I just think of that sociables game. Yes, pterodactyl. <laughs> you can't even I, do it. I know you're the first out every time, bitch. <laughs> I am. I'm, I smile all the time. Oh man, uh, yeah. Uh, but how about for you? Like, when do you feel like you have become the character? Costume, absolutely costume. Absolutely costume. Absolutely. I not even before then. Like, do you find that there are moments where you're like, you've done a scene with someone, and you're like, this is, that yeah, is it. Yeah, like, no, there totally. Are, like, little moments. It's definitely sprinkled in there, and I think what confirms it is costume. So it's like, right. yes, I have that. I believe I'm the like I've done the work, and I believe the things I'm saying. I believe mm. the relationships on stage. Um, it's just that layer of like physically changing what I look like for me to be like, okay, I'm visually different. Even if that's just putting on a set of shoes, like we talk about with right. when you start rehearsals, you get rehearsal shoes. That is like the, the get go for me too, because for mm-hmm. Alice, I wore a set of Mary Janes and my right. feet were curled over in those shoes and very uncomfortable. But when they started to like shape to my feet, like I was shaping the, 
like my comfort level with the shoes obviously but also like it came into character like it affected my walk and and i became more daintier i suppose is what Mm. people were saying too like you it it uh changed things i didn't think it changed you were very dainty yes yeah apparently it was just the one actually no it was a few nights people said that i don't remember which night i came oh i came valentine's yes Valentine's Maybe love Day. was just in the air and you were just like, yeah. hey, you look dainty. <laughs> uh, but it's totally a character uh, costume for me. It's just, I love wearing, I've always loved wearing costume and putting something on and like that you wouldn't wear at all. Like for Mousetrap, I wore like these crazy red plaid pants and they were so out there, but they just, those pants were so iconic for that character. And right. uh, I just like associating a piece of costume to that character and I just really believe it when I'm in it because it's almost like a new skin that you're, that you're in or yeah. as grotesque as that no, can sound, but like it works. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, no, it does. It does work. Like I remember. Cause you're no longer Austin or Jordan. You no. Know, you're... Yeah. And it, yeah, like, like we've said, it informs your movement and how you, how you restrict walk, your movement, you restrict or... your movement. And then, and then that also helps too, like restricting. Totally. But it's how do you adapt to it? Yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Love it. The process. And then, um, yeah. And then you reach opening night. And then the process continues. Process but... continues. And so will this podcast. Are we that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The process gonna... does not end no. when opening opens or when opening night when is opening there. Night. When opening opens. Yeah, that's essentially what opens the show, do. Process does not end. No. Your work still continues. Yeah. Because now you have an audience, which is the next step. Exactly, which will be the next episode yes. in our acting series where we will talk about opening night the run of the show, the energy the, that you the get, the interaction with the audience. Yes. What a Thursday night audience is compared to a Tuesday night audience. You're, you're not, you you're, would not believe people uh, don't like, I feel crazy saying it to like people who aren't in theater, but it's so real. Like the, the audience on a Friday night is so oh, different absolutely. from the audience on a Wednesday night yeah. because it's just like this weird, like algorithm. Totally. That or you have like follow. those conservative old people people audiences like i find you know? wednesday night is like the conservative all the old like, people go the out theater people like yeah. the really intense like academic people that just so want to like, like sit they just want to break it down and they just they're and, it, and it's not necessarily a bad thing like they're not it, it's not like they're like oh grumpy, but those but audiences tend to be the ones that don't react throughout as i find yes and then you're like yes. wow they hated it and then next thing you know you're talking to them they absolutely love it they love no it. sense you're like but they just didn't why didn't you respond any, reaction yeah. to it because they're so captivated absolutely yeah so and then uh, like a friday night's a little rowdier because it's well, a friday the end night of the week and, and the you know people like come to the theater yeah yeah sometimes you'll have like the people out there on their dates or something or, yeah i'd say yeah. friday to sunday if you do a show on a sunday like those three days you kind of get really good crowds and during the week can be like up in the air and stuff like that but yeah we'll have another um opinion with us or another another opinion we'll have brent with us so (laughs) we'll have another perspective on what it's like to perform in from in front of an audience and how that affects your process and how that changes your process yeah definitely so um yeah cool well thank you so much for listening and as always we are ain't that just the way ain't it just ain't it just